Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, July the 3rd. Happy 4th of July holiday weekend. It is hot, hot and muggy. And we are coming to you from our separate homes across southwest Missouri. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, I've got... Ed. Curtis. Dakota. AR. And Brandon. And we are a bunch of fans, artists, creators, and critics from the Midwest talking entertainment and pop culture, taking your comments. We have a bunch of those to get to tonight and whatever. We've got a great show for you this week. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for joining us. Uh, the folks join us live on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel. Tara's there uh, holding down the channel with one hand and making dinner for her family with the other. So uh, be sure to uh, type your comments as we're talking. Uh, we read all of them. And we might get some of them uh, into the show tonight. Before we jump into this week's headlines, and there have been a lot, what have you guys been up to? What have you been watching, reading, listening to, playing, making, and doing in the past uh, week or so? Anybody been Boy. doing anything? <laughs> I, I can start. I was going to say, it's going to be like for the last month with you, Dakota. Yeah. Um, boy, I went through and re-binged all of uh, King of the Hill. Hmm. And that was quite the ordeal. I didn't realize how long that show was. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah, 13 yeah. seasons worth. Um, mm-hmm. There's no real ending. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that made me pretty excited about some other news we'll talk about later. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, then I started what we, wa- what we Do in the Shadows, the show. Yes. What did you think of that? It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, it is. And I uh, started the new Pokemon expansion, so that was cool. Ah, uh, the uh, new DLC for Sword and Shield? Yep. Right on. You is have been Taika busy. Waititi... Sorry, go ahead. No, what'd you oh, say? No. Is Taika Waititi a part of that What We Do in Shadows show? He is just an executive producer. I think he may have had a cameo in a season two uh, episode. Season In season one episode, they do a cameo with him and Jermaine Clemens. From the movie because they were in the movie right. and then they produced this, yeah. And then, uh, then they do like an episode where they get everyone that's ever played a vampire <laughs> to be on the show, except like they make jokes like they all go by their real names and they make jokes about how like Brad and Tom couldn't make it because they're too busy. <laughs> and uh, Wesley Snipes uh comes in on Skype, it's pretty funny. Oh, that's yeah. good, it's a good show to watch if you're into that kind of dry humor, mm-hmm. fun. Well, cool. What about anybody else? What's everybody else been up to? Uh, this is JR. Um, a few weeks ago, I started watching that new DC show, uh, Stargirl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, the first couple episodes were pretty good, but it, man, it's gone significantly downhill since then. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> That's funny because, before- uh, Dakota thought it started <laughs> pretty far down the hill. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, it started pretty high compared to where it is now. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, but I mean, it, it was to the point where I almost turned off this last week's episode in the middle of it, but, uh, 
other than that, uh, the local comic book shop down here in Branson is having a big uh, sale on their used stuff, and I found the all 18 issues from the 2016 Jessica Jones run. And a couple days ago, I picked the first one up, and it was so good, I just binged all 18 in a row. Wow. Nice. Is that the Bendis? Was it the original run? or It was the original run. Nice. Very good. Yeah. That was a good week. Sounds like it. Anybody else? What's up? anybody else been up to? Uh, we were talking a little bit before. I started a new writing gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, at ScreenRant.com, popular uh, geek entertainment culture site, writing for the reality TV section, so that's good. Outside of that, I Disney Plus. Let me just start on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, of course, it's Mandalorian Town and everything like that, but man, if you just want to deep dive and watch some stuff you've never seen before... It's a good place for that. Um, I'm watching. I'm I'm younger than you all, so this is probably closer to my generation, even though it's far out from my time watching Disney Channel. Just on a whim, I started watching this uh, this show that aired on Disney Channel UK in 2016 called The Lodge, and it's like this. It's like a like a Disney Channel teen drama. But everybody has British accents because it was for Disney Channel UK. It's actually pretty juicy, but uh, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Do they get away with stuff on Disney UK that they don't get away with here in the states? Not necessarily. Oh, it's okay. like it's like it's the show is like Sweet Life of Zach and Cody meets High School Musical. Oh, okay. That's kind of what it is. It's like girl from the city moves to like her family's. Uh, hotel and and like she like she falls into a love triangle in the first episode and then everything just kind of derails from there nice oh both shows that i totally hate by the way (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) i am waiting for disney plus there are still a few gems that they have not released on disney plus that i'm waiting on stuff that i remember watching like like uh, Dr. Sin, the Scarecrow, those from like, the, what would that have been, like the 50s and 60s? There's a bunch of stuff that's like, just just waiting, still waiting on Disney to curate the vault or whatever. Uh, it's, it's more recent, but a friend of mine hosted a show on Disney Channel a few years ago that would be perfect for Disney+, Plus, but they haven't put it on yet. What was that? The the reboot of Win, Lose, or Draw. Oh, they nice. did like a like a kids reboot for win loser draw where they had like Disney, you know, stars as the celebrities. Right. Um, and, uh, and my friend, uh, hosted it. His name's Justin woman. You may know him as the star of Netflix's magic for humans. Right. And he hosted it and it would be to capitalize on his success on magic for humans and, and, and just having another game show on Disney plus aside from their original, the big fit with, you know, vet Nicole Brown, it'd just be kind of a perfect little, nest egg on disney plus yeah right on very cool of course he may be i don't know you know better than i he he may be have a he may have a deal at netflix that prevents him from from yeah but the two. but um but his episodes of cupcake wars that he also hosted are on the food network app so right yeah but uh yeah 
Yes, on the app, but because it's on a network, I, those streaming well, it, just just because I know those streaming services are yeah. are notoriously bad about locking people into contracts and not letting. Yeah, them well, this was from like 2014, so Disney right. owns it, so they probably still can do whatever they want with it. Yeah, with the originals uh, or the rebooted version from 2014. Yeah, I just I don't know. If yeah, not not do any new not ones. necessarily. No, no, I don't mean new ones. Oh, I just okay. mean put those 40 episodes on. Yeah. yeah, that would be a good idea. If they own it, yeah. at some point, everything that they own is going to be on Disney Plus anyway. So Yeah, for sure. Oh, let's see. Who else? Brad, what have you been up to? Oh, nothing much. Um, I'm going to watch as many of the movies I had in my watch list on Prime that were about to be taken off as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of older movies, like Some Like It Hot, Stalag 17. Um, of Glory. I'd never seen any of those before. And I watched uh, a Belgian police procedural show called Professor T that had kind of a quirky sense of humor. <laughs> like I said, it's Belgian, so I doubt very many people listening give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> they got one listener in Belgium, all right? He's like, yeah, he's like, I like that Brad guy. He's standing up well, the plotting right now. It's the same thing about me watching a Disney Channel show. It's the same thing. Nobody listening is going to care. Except for that one person who who has seen that Disney Channel show. Tara in cast says she likes the Disney Channel shows. She was, was giving, just thinking she probably she, seemed like the guy. She, did not, she was not happy with us for uh, ragging on Disney Channel. She said she started uh, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, which is not nearly as terrifying as the original when we were all growing up. Oh, well, there's one that's in the Ozarks. Yeah. And, that, and a lead suspect, and that's still swimming the streets. If that terrifies you, Tara. There you go. If you want some real life uh, horror in your Netflix. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, funny. That. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that person's been to where I've worked before. So, yeah. <laughs> Not as scary. Yeah. It's funny. Backtracking a little bit. I, I saw uh, Knives Out. Yeah. Um. Not not like when it came, like uh, not Recently. when it came out. I saw it in January. Okay. Um, and I loved it. I haven't seen. I haven't. I haven't watched a movie at home in like four months. Wow. Maybe even That's longer. The only place um, I've been able to watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I just mean like I don't. I'm not good at watching movies at home. Like I like I do much better with TV. But even then, I can't do like one hour dramas and whatnot. Right. Um. Or most of them. But like, uh. So I watched Knives Out freaking loved it loved it and then recently i was thinking like okay what sort of tv shows in my wheelhouse without jumping too far could i watch and uh the hub network which was, is now discovery family it was discovery kids then hasbro took a stake in it called it the hub with discovery and then it's discovery family channel now um but uh, they like one of their launch shows or sh shows after launch was a kind of a new reimagined version of Clue, and so that's on Tubi TV, the streaming service, the free streaming service. So I started watching a little of that. It's I'm only about five minutes in. I started a couple days ago, but it's really interesting. So, right on, Kenny, yeah. coming around to you. What have you been up to? What have you been doing? Oh gosh, I wasn't ready. Uh, <laughs> leave leave the room and come back in. Just walk out and walk back in. Just totally change your mind. 
we uh, ended up doing a dog rescue. We went to the shelter and got us a four-year-old uh, hound mix, and we uh, have had it for a couple days. So we have been introducing her to the other dogs and wow, uh, getting, uh, getting her to know everybody. So how's everybody doing with it? It's all. Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, We uh, learned an important lesson of, hey, watch some YouTube videos if you're going to do this, (laughs) because there's some solid advice out there that we uh, were like, okay, day one, we're just going to scrap that, forget that happened, and uh, we'll see. This is day two, so, or no, this is day three now, so we, uh, we even added a vet visit this morning which was super fun so <laughs> and not at all because, expensive right uh, she uh part of her problem she uh had her anal glands needed to be secreted oh, so that's terrible that's always fun yeah yeah so i had to do that recently to yourself yeah. or your yourself <laughs> no myself yeah <laughs> that was my too. me and my wife you almost got divorced did you have your significant other do it for you <laughs> yeah me and my wife almost got divorced over the whole deal <laughs> well that's what um, happens when you spray it in her face jesus <laughs> oh lord so yeah that's what i've been doing <laughs> so that, that'll keep you busy much. right yes it has <laughs> how about you curtis did we get you no not yet um, I've been pretty busy this week, uh, working, and then I took three days off and just swam. That's all I did. <laughs> and, uh, then I, um, I, I've been watching a lot of Tony Scott movies lately. Yeah. And I decided to watch the ones that I don't normally watch, you know, like Domino and The Fan and, um, Not Top Gun. I don't own that one. So, you know. I'll just say this: not everything he did was a winner. <laughs> but um, I, the the fan left me kind of like when when I first started it, I was sort of I wanted to turn it off because right. De Niro was right. just so good as an asshole, and I just like hated him. But then, like as it kept going, it was pretty engaging. But it's still not his best movie. But you know, that's about all I did. What in particular drove you to a Tony Scott marathon? Is, is there um, one thing that like triggered that or kicked that off, or is it just I'm just in the mood? Honestly, for it. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago. I had watched uh, I'd watched True Romance with Kirsten, and then I ended up buying Unstoppable, and Brad and I watched that. And then after that, Brad and I watched what Deja Vu. And then I just was like, I'm going to go ahead and keep doing this. I watched Man on Fire, and then I decided to do Domino and The Fan. I, I like Tony Scott movies, most of them, but I don't know. He's just, I, I kind of miss miss the fact that he doesn't make movies anymore. I mean, it's not... It's <laughs> no, I don't think he can. <laughs> he can't. He can't do it. exactly around anymore. It, it just sucks he's not around, because I really... I think there could have been a couple of other good movies that he could have made, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I mean, his next project that he had planned was Top Gun sequel, and I know I would not have watched that. I don't know. I probably would have. <laughs> That'd be a great one to catch on, like, TNT on a Sunday afternoon when you're, like, it's too hot to be outside or whatever, you know. The original Top Gun? 
Or no, the, just the, top the new two? one. I'm sure the second one. Yeah. Give it a well. It's got a release first, but then give it a couple of years, and it'll be a yeah. a mainstay well, in that, TNT. I'm sure. It was they. They were showing the original. It was on at work a few times when I'd go into the break room. So, I mean, I would catch snippets of it before I started watching his movies again. Right on. I uh, let's see. What have I done? I I finally watched um, the Invisible Man that came out earlier this year, and it was very. Yeah. It was very okay. It was not. <laughs> it was not great. It was not bad. It was just, huh? There's two hours that I'm glad I had something else to do while that was on in the background. Uh-huh. Very okay. Kinda, better, better than okay. Yeah, very much. So. It was like if if you could, you know, if there was like a picture of the word okay in the dictionary, they would have like a the movie poster right next to it. Like this was uh-huh. the definition of okay. Has anybody else seen, seen it? it? Okay. I'm, I haven't got around to it still. So. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I've been wanting to. I think if they made the main character Waldo from Where's Waldo, I would be watching it like already that just seems like a mashup that i would love <laughs> that's a I see something that's invisible i'm just saying i i would watch that. <laughs> that that's part of the extended universe they're planning i think is the where's waldo <laughs> mashup you got to give it time you got to build up for that like avengers style give them a couple films first <laughs> you're gonna build up where's waldo and he's some kind of like pervert that diddles people <laughs> I don't think that's where we were going with that. But... Wow. <laughs> smart, I mean, there, hey, again, I would not be surprised. Yeah, whatever. What... Taking a chance on a character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, yeah, fair what enough. He, what is he? What is he really hiding from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Waldo's not hiding. He's on the run. There's a difference between those two. Well, let us know. Let us know what you have read. Listen to, watch, played, done. What have you guys been up to? Let us know, uh, and let us know what you've thought about what you've been doing. Uh, whether it's you know catching up with movies because you can't go watch them, or writing songs about YouTube videos, whatever the case might be. Leave us a recorded message with your one minute review on the hotline at four one seven nine eight six seventy eight forty two. We'd love to include your recorded message. In a future episode, who knows? We might even include it as the introduction to uh, the episodes, as we have with uh, a couple of them. So be sure to leave us a message. Here are some of the stories that we have been watching this week. As predicted, both Disney's Mulan and Warner Brothers' Tenet have moved from their July opening dates. Tenet will open on Wednesday, August the 12th, maybe, and Mulan on August 21st. Maybe. (laughs) Both have moved twice now in an effort to open once theaters are safely open to the public. Um, You know, (laughs) we'll see what happened. Mulan was originally a March release, then it was a July release, and then it was now it's an August release. Uh, Tenet has jumped around in the month of July a couple times before landing in August. Based on other news, <laughs> we'll see if those stick. They are, you know, they're not the only one. The only film in August that's had to jump around. Bill and Ted Face the Music is still supposed to open in August. They, that one was supposed to open August 21st. And actually, they had the, the cojones to say, we're going to open on the 14th now. I, now they've dropped back to the 28th. So it's after moving up a week, they decided, yeah, we'll drop back two weeks. Sounds um, like they're going to have to well, face the music. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like they have faced the music and realized they can't play in a theater. I think all the movie studios should just hold off on release dates 
until we get real close to reopening and then they can announce them and stop screwing with people. I think what they should do is yes, they should say we've gotten the all clear. We're going to open the theaters. We're going to start releasing movies and they ought to do it. Like, you know, get in some of that, you know, buzz from there not being any sports and do it like draft style, like have an entire night where it's broadcast on every network and have the heads of these movie studios and whatnot, you know, and directors and, you know, actors in the movies that are coming out and then just have a big board with dates and whatever number you pick, you get, you get first pick, what date do you want to open your movie? And so Warner brothers can say, we've got tenant on this date. And the next pick goes to Disney. Disney, what movie, what date? And they say, we're going to put Black Widow here. You know, they could do that. I mean, it's it's no less of a crapshoot than what we've got currently. They might as well at least, you know, make some entertainment out of it. Now, yeah. Unlike the NBA lottery, I mean, are they able to trade up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You could, you could, <laughs> you could trade up. Uh, I don't know what they'd be trading for. I guess just trading picks, you know. Hey, we're yeah, not, yeah. we're not, we're not feeling real solid about this next bond flick. So you know, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll let you move up in the first round if we can get your pick in the second round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, Daniel Craig's I like that. Yeah. Daniel Craig's about to become a free agent. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh. Ooh. What if you did that? What if you had like, hey, we've got a script here. We got a spec script that was submitted. We're thinking about greenlighting it. So you know, you've got an overall contract. You know, with whoever. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll let you take the date that you want if we could have this actor or this director or whatever for for an upcoming project. That'd be all right. Cut this clip out of the uh, podcast and send it to every executive <laughs> in Hollywood. Oh, they're listening. Don't worry about that. Yeah, they're hard at work on a Planet of the Apes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the attraction. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on kind of a, with that deadline is reporting that studios are actually now considering moving all of the August planned releases back by at least two weeks um, or just abandoning August altogether and moving into September, uh, particularly, particularly if I can speak tonight, uh, as states that have the largest audience populations are having to scale back their opening plans because guess what? <laughs> the coronavirus is still there. Uh, so again, that includes the movies we talked about. Plus, don't forget the the New Mutants is still sitting in August, on August twenty eighth. Um, that movie's never going to get. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that yeah. ever actually gets released. We'll be seventy when that movie gets released. <laughs> well, they've got all these plans for these movies to come out, but in the meantime, they're gonna. They've already said that they're gonna have like all the state fairs and all these concerts are gonna happen. I'm like. Good luck. All that stuff starts happening and everything spikes. There goes your shot at getting a movie out. Yeah. 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 Actress Margot Robbie uh, is going to star in a new Pirates of the Caribbean movie for Disney. Not a reboot, not a sequel per se. It's apparently going to be a new story with new characters but set in the same universe as the other five Pirates of the Caribbean films. But it's not going to include those characters. So that's a whole lot of talk and a whole lot of words to mean that it's basically going to be just a new movie. Captain oh. Jackie Sparrow? Yeah, Captain Jacqueline Sparrow. Yeah, I, I don't know, but um, I don't think anybody at Disney's real uh, tripping over themselves to get Johnny Depp signed up for another one. So we'll see what happens. Not sure that I care for another movie, to be honest. 
Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for the franchise to die so that someone could have the balls to go out and make an R-rated pirate film. Yeah, I was over at about three Pirates of the Caribbeans ago. Yeah, yeah it was it was three for me too. Yeah, after after, after, two, four, after two, I was in good shape. I was like, yeah, I don't even need the third one really. I didn't even need <laughs> the, any of the sequels to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If we're gonna call although, it, as although, it is. I will say that I can't remember which one it was, but it was the one that only Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush are in. They didn't have. I think that was Kieran the Knightley. last two that they've done. They've done two of those, I think. Yeah, they're. I think it's the one where Jeffrey Rush's character dies. Okay. Supposedly, whichever that one. I, I, I kind of enjoyed that one. Recent. Okay. They had like mermaids or something. I didn't watch the most recent ones, but I thought he already died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, died. he was dead in the first one, wasn't he? The skeleton he Marvel died. <laughs> he Marvel died. He yeah, down. he was dead. He was dead. Like he was like undead, and then he was dead when dead. the curse was lifted again. Yeah. He got shot. Yeah. yeah. Ever. And he made four more films, so right on. Way to go. I haven't uh, seen any of them. You're not missing out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm but sure do they're... you know what I did watch? Um, recently, I just finished Prop Culture on Disney+. Plus, yeah. And they had that episode about the first film. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. That whole series is fascinating. Yeah, they, uh, they, put some, they put some money into it, that's for sure. Yeah. And they made money out of it, which is why they're going back to the well. Uh, Amazon has announced that The Boys Season 2 will be out on Amazon Prime starting on September the 4th. They will drop three episodes on the 4th and then one new episode a week for the next five weeks. And that is further proof that the folks uh, that are making decisions are listening to this show because last summer we talked about how, hey, remember when uh, <laughs> remember when The Boys dropped and it was a big deal for a weekend? <laughs> and if they had just done one a week, how we'd still have been talking about it like two months later. And instead it was like yeah. a big weekend and we were all like, wow, that was really good. And then moved on with our lives. Apparently they've, uh, are going to test the waters. They're going to do three episodes and then stagger the last five at, at a week each. So you're welcome. Amazon studios. <laughs> the boys is go ahead. Uh, I'm just going to say uh, three is a good number to get you hooked. Because I noticed, yeah. like with the Doom Patrol season two, I, you know they did the first three, and I was like, "Oh, and I was really waiting for that fourth one." So now I'm really excited, you know, to you know, for the you know week by week gives you something to look forward to. It, it's yeah. a smart idea when you're doing eight to ten episodes in a season. You know, three is basically the first act, the first arc. So that's a good number to to drop out there. You know. I- and, uh, Oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, please, please. So on a similar note, uh, Netflix is releasing Umbrella Academy on July 31st. Yes. Yes, they are. So we've got some stuff to look forward to. We just got to get through, you know, the next few weeks. <laughs> there are some streaming uh, series that we've all loved and enjoyed that are coming back to us. Brandon, you had yeah, something to I, say. I know you did. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, I only watched, this was a while ago, I watched the first maybe 20 minutes of the first episode of the boys. Fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I said earlier in the show, I, I just like don't have the attention span for like what I call one hour dramas. Like just like I do comedies and other stuff a little bit better. Um, but needless to say, fantastic. What I saw and I, and I didn't even get to like the really nitty gritty of it all. 
Um, but still, it was really well made, beautiful show. Yeah, like just the cinematography, the color scheme, beautiful. It, but the only thing that didn't even rub me the wrong way is just kind of a what you could call culture shock is to see Simon Pegg play <laughs> Jack Quaid's dad. To be a dad, yeah. <laughs> That's weird. And not just a dad, a dad of Jack Quaid, what he, <laughs> he plays like maybe like a 22-year-old. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, mid-20s, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, mid-20s, probably around my age. Yeah. Um, but I know he's a little older than that, but still, for Simon Pegg's plead, I was like, Scotty, no. <laughs> Scotty, Sean, no. Rumor it just has felt a, weird. Rumor has it that uh, they're looking to bring in Jeffrey Dean Morgan for season three. Don't know what he would character he would play, but that's just the rumor that's out. He'd there. play Negan. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, does it really matter what he would, what the name of the character is that they give him? He's kind of got one. He's got one speed on his bike. He, as Kevin Smith says, he's really good at chewing the scenery. Yes, he is. <laughs> But he said that I, I I met him very briefly at Big Slick, and like it was funny when I when I was going to to it at this event, uh, like I got to tell him like every person in my family loves you for different reasons. It was like, oh, thank you, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that very that, personal. That show feels like the kind of place where he can uh, where where he can flex his chops, so to speak. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. Uh, the international circus phenomenon known as Cirque du Soleil has filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> the Montreal-based company made the move in response to immense disruption and forced show closures as a result of COVID-19. So another one bites of the dust. Cirque du Soleil furloughed nearly, what, 4,700 employees since March due to the coronavirus. Um, unable to put on shows, uh, they've got, you know, <laughs> they've got a bunch of different shows going there, like 44 different shows, like I think six of them in Vegas, um, Cirque du Soleil, oh. of course, you know, they started in 84 as a kind of a, not as a circus, but it was kind of in that whole backlash to circuses using live animals, which was, you know, has been phased out predominantly since then um Cirque du Soleil also owns the Blue Man Group so they are not going to be you know they can't put those shows on either obviously they have one billion dollars that's billion with a b dollars in debt um so yeah when you can't when you can't put on a show for a summer season um that hurts (laughs) it's hard to make your money I'm not sure how they got a billion dollars in debt but there you have it and Not like they also the they go ahead. They also own like a bunch of other smaller touring shows. Yeah. Besides the Cirque brand, uh, like they own the Illusionist. If you've ever heard the Illusionist, where it's like a bunch of different magicians, they mm-hmm. all do like a show together. But like it's like they own the. It's like it's like a review. They kind of each do like 10, 20 minutes and then they do stuff at the beginning and the end together. And it's a great show and they have different magicians coming in and out world-class magicians. And I think like maybe a year or two ago, Cirque bought their thing. I could be completely wrong here, but I I thought I read that they bought the, the company who put that show on. So yeah, that's, 
the only way you get a billion dollars in debt, you don't get that from like employee payroll. You get that from buying yeah. up properties like you're talking about. And, and yeah. Blue Man Group or gamblers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're in the slots of the crap tables in yeah. Vegas. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, if, Cirque de, if Cirque de Soleil does come back, it won't come back to Vegas. They'll be here in Branson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cirque du Branson. Oh, God. That's their death nail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's hey, I'll tell you what, though. when I first moved here from Southern California three years ago, I saw three magicians here in Branson that had been big in Vegas before that. Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. That's where acts go to die. <laughs> it used to be yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Now, it's, now it's Branson. Yeah, for sure. George Romero's restored lost film, The Amusement Park, is ready for release. According to a report published this week from Bloody Disgusting, Yellow Veil Pictures has come on board to uh, handle the movie's worldwide distribution rights. Producer George Romero's widow, uh, Suzanne DeRocher, spearheaded a 4K restoration of the film alongside the George George A. Romero Foundation. The amusement park stars Lincoln Mazel as an elderly man who finds himself disoriented and increasingly isolated as the pains, tragedies, and humiliations of aging in America are manifested through roller coasters and chaotic crowds. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little different. Um, not, yeah, it's 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 doing what George Romero does, and I know we tend to say George Romero is the zombie guy; he's the horror guy. But what he does is he takes social issues and wraps them in genre films. And so in this case, uh, he was commissioned to do this as a, you know, a film about elderly abuse. And um, so that's what it is. It's wrapped in an, in an amusement park setting. But um, so I don't know that anybody was just champing at the bit to, man, I wish they'd put that out. But there it is. It's going to be available in the near future. <laughs> I had no idea it existed until I read the article. That's what I was about to say. I didn't know this existed until I, like, I read about it. And I just have to say, on paper, it does not sound the least bit scary, but I am loving the idea of watching a movie where George Romero tries to scare me with an old man on a roller coaster. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I can't wait for that. It's not, it's not the result. It's the it's the journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey of getting there that we're all interested in. I'm totally scratching my head on why the Lutherans hire a horror movie director <laughs> to do a film about about uh, elder abuse. I mean, it, okay, so clearly they thought elder abuse was like the devil. That's like the worst yeah, thing. The, this is the yeah. issue. Who is the most demonic hey. director we could get? Wes Craven? No. Okay, George Romero. Let's get him to do it. I mean, are, are, I, all, are, are all the pastors sitting around going, no, th- this elder abuse is getting out of hand. Let's get the guy who brought in uh, Freddy Krueger or Mike Myers. You know? yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. Was there... What was the was there a reason they didn't release it? Were they just too mortified? <laughs> Maybe they didn't realize what they were asking, and when they got the result, they're like, "Oh no, we can't show this. We can't show this at church." Just yeah, put yeah. it in a vault somewhere. <laughs> yeah. When was know. this film then intended for release again? Uh, I don't know the dates on the filming. I want to say I thought I read it was in the early '80s, but I could be wrong on that. So, but it was like an '80s type of thing. Yeah, I think so. 
It wasn't much before and much after. <laughs> I was going to say, are you suggesting there was cocaine involved in the decision-making process? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I have no interest in this whatsoever. I was just curious of the timing of it because I thought I saw a still or two recently from the from the articles about it. And I was just like, hmm, what what time period was this? Yeah, I, I was raised in the Luther Church, and I would not be surprised if cocaine was involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, fair enough. It takes it takes one of their of a, one of their own to call them out. There you have it. Less than a month ago, after announcing that he had a cancer diagnosis and one to three years to live, Evil Dead 2 actor Danny Hicks has passed away at the age of 68. Uh, he passed away in his home in California. That's the thing with his cancer diagnosis is you just never know, you know. Um, in, in more positive news, the original 1981 The Evil Dead is expanding into more movie theaters across the country this July. You're asking yourself, what movie theaters? Conventional theater chains, of course, are not open. Um, but drive-in theaters are like a hot commodity right now. Even Walmart is going to start converting parking lots into drive-in movie theaters. I'm in trying July. to figure out how this is going to work for Walmart. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so the Evil Dead, they're, you know, it's as you would imagine, drive-in theaters, it's not new release films. It's like things like Jaws, The Evil Dead, um, stuff that was originally available to watch at a drive-in. They're trying to recreate kind of the that magic, you know, those summers of the late 70s and early 80s. Um, Star Bruce Campbell's even going to be popping up at a few of the screenings in Illinois. So um, they're, they're really pushing the drive-in piece. Right now, is it the uh, original release or is it the yes. new ma- no. remastered? No, no. It's the, apparently it's the original. Is what they're saying. Okay, we'll see. Still hung up on the Walmart thing, and <laughs> last place I want to be to watch I watch a movie I like is at Walmart with all the weirdos in the fucking parking lot. What are you talking <laughs> about? I don't want. <laughs> Walmart closes at eight thirty now. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, so they have like a half hour to an hour to to clear as many of the widows out as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I still, I still don't see that happening. Oh, that's that, new, that new George Romero. Film <laughs> yeah, put that, that out of Walmart. <laughs> put that out of Walmart. Yeah. Now, that being said, I'm not going to Walmart to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Walmart if I don't have to. Period. That was even before Walmart the COVID. <laughs> I'm a couple crackheads at these Walmarts standing in front of the TV section just zoned out. Yeah. And I did my shopping and walked by, and they were still watching the same thing. So, yeah. I don't know. And, and it's, the, uh, it's the settings, you it's know. Just where it's just an like, aquarium video. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like almost like a screensaver. So, they're just like, whoa. It's <laughs> only two minute clip on a loop. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Walmart. It kind of reminds me of like the concept of like people going into the blockbuster just to watch the movies on the TV. Yeah, uh, I, I I won't make any comments on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that has happened. I've I've known been known to hang out in a uh, in a video rental store just to chit chat and watch movies. But those are the those days are long gone. Yeah, long gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winona Earp season four hits sci-fi on Sunday, July the 26th. So again, see, there's still some light at the end of the tunnel. Does anybody here watching Winona Earp? I know Kenny is, aren't you? Yeah, I, I do. So. I've never heard of it. I mean, is it about a, a country singer who's also a sheriff? Uh, it's based on a com- <laughs> it's based on a comic book series that's not too far off of that. Yeah. I hear Winona think Judd. I hear Earp. I think Wyatt. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a gender. She's supposed swap. to be a descendant of Wyatt Earp, yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember yeah. seeing a few episodes of the first season, and I didn't care for it. Then I saw a few episodes of the second season, and I was like, oh, it kind of picked up a little, but it still didn't convince me to finish it. That's uh that's kind of sci-fi. <laughs> they, yeah. they, their seasons tend to you know change in tone even in the middle of a season a, a series might completely shift tone based on whoever whatever the whim of the person involved at that time seems like they do that a lot over at sci-fi the good thing about why on why on herb is like the main characters like the four main characters really draw you in and they're in, like, especially Winona and the guy who plays uh, Doc Holliday. So, it, you know, and they get to the story. It takes them a while and they kind of go a weird way about it sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, if you're sitting there going, nah, I need something to binge watch and that's not terrible, but it's also not the greatest thing I've ever seen. It, it's that, you know, it's entertaining. So if you flip the page in the dictionary and you're still looking at the entry for OK, <laughs> Winona Earp would be on the other side of the page. It is okay. All right. <laughs> CBS All Access announced a new half-hour animated comedy series, Star Trek Lower Decks, which we all have known was coming. Uh, that's going to premiere on Thursday, August the 6th. After that, Star Trek Lower Decks' 10-episode first season will debut new episodes weekly on Thursdays on CBS All Access. So again, not going to dump it all at once. Going to make you come back every week for your animated Star Trek comedy. Is anybody Still excited pass. about this at all? Yeah, as as on All Access, I'll pass. Yeah. What exactly goes on on the lower decks? Let's, well, that's what we're going to find of, out. The winger. Yeah. Lots of singing parties. I didn't know if anybody was a Star Trek fan, and that's supposed to mean something or not. I don't, I don't hey. know. What happens below decks stays below decks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the low-level people who never get to see the bridge for themselves. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering. It's like all the red know. shirts, basically. Oh, where the red shirts hang out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the ones that get blown out of the airlock when the ship gets attacked. Seriously, like the lower decks are like the only part of the ship that doesn't have shields, that doesn't have like you know <laughs> automatically repairing it because any yeah anything that ever happens to one of the starships, it always happens the lower deck gets blown out. This was being made by like the people who made Archer. I would probably be chomping at the bit <laughs> to watch it, right? Because it sounds like it'd be a, a hilarious premise, but I think I'll pass on it for now at least. Yeah, I don't see CBS doing that. Didn't yeah. get, I thought the showrunner worked on like Rick and Morty or something. Uh, I don't know. I've not heard much about it as far as who's working on it behind the scenes. It's I, I think if it wasn't on CBS, if it was on like Comedy Central, I think that you might. Well, get it's on the streaming service, so they have a little bit more leeway. Right, but at the same so time, it might. Nobody's paying for CBS All Access. Yeah, not for this. No. I mean, yeah. If they had, as if long they, as. As long as William Shatner's not involved, I there's always a slight chance I'll watch it. <laughs> if they had packaged this so that it was released with the next season of like Discovery or Picard or something, I, as like a bonus, like, hey, you were thinking about coming back and watching this, here's this also, then I think it might be more successful. But just releasing it on its own as, as its own thing, I don't see people paying whatever it is, $4.99 a month for this. I could be wrong. Who knows? 
Comedy legend Carl Reiner passed away in his home on Monday due to natural causes at the age of 98 years young. Reiner appeared in countless movies and TV shows over the years, but was probably best known as the creator and co-star of the iconic The Dick Van Dyke Show. Reiner was responsible for bringing the show to life as well as casting Mary Tyler Moore to play Dick Van Dyke's wife on the series, helping launch her career. Over the years, Reiner's continued to appear on screen in different roles, including popular modern sitcoms like Parks and Rec, as well as high-stakes feature films like Ocean's Eleven. Uh, in his later years, however, he mostly did work as a voice actor. Nearly every popular animated sitcom out there has had a guest appearance from Carl Reiner, including uh, King of the Hill, which Dakota was talking about, uh, The Cleveland Show, Bob's Burgers, American Dad, Family Guy. He was on all of them. Uh, most recently, he voiced a dinosaur in Toy Story 4 named... Carl Rhinoceros, Reiner Oceros. That's hard to say. Uh, of course, he is also in that movie with uh, the voices of Mel Brooks, Betty White, and Carol Burnett, all people who need to stay indoors and away from public. Um, they just, Absolutely. They just posted a photo with uh, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner and one of his daughters uh, on Mel Brooks's birthday, which was just a few days ago, like two days before Carl passed away. So, um, Ninety-eight years old, a ton. I mean, just an absolute comedy legend. Um, yeah, hasn't been doing much, but the world's a little less funny without Carl Reiner in it. The yeah, day I, that he died, they were showing the Ocean's movies on AMC. It's kind of a weird coincidence. That is weird, yeah. And the day before, he was like he like since uh, the newest administration came into power. Uh, He's been tweeting about how he hates it every single day. Yeah. Or at least almost every day. And he was just tweeting about it the day before he passed. And but Trump and killed I, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I saw. Uh, but it was funny. When we were all together last week, uh, you mentioned that Mel Brooks' birthday was coming up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, it, what the, pre- uh, the uh, precipice was. And I mentioned and his friend Carl Reiner. And now he's not with us anymore, which is really sad. Yeah, apparently he's been listening to the show and was like, well, I guess we're done then. So yeah. Another person listening to the podcast, or, well, used to listen to the podcast, I guess. Yeah. Uh, NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service. Anybody clamoring for this when it launches on July 15th? Uh, it's going I'm to- interested. Okay. It, is it going to be a, a pay thing, or is it going to be yeah. free? No, you got to pay. Uh, you pay a little Actually, bit. You pay a little bit to get commercials, and then you pay a little bit more to get no commercials. And they are going to have a free tour as well, but just, it's just going to be limited. But it is going to be a free tier. Well, yeah, yeah and, pro- probably not. Yeah, uh, they have reached. Well, now you may change your mind. They've reached a deal with Paramount, which is part of CBS, which is kind of strange to me. Um, uh, since since yeah. CBS All Access is looking for content, uh, but they have reached a deal where Paramount Films and television series will stream on NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service. So that would be. Uh, shows like Ray Donovan, The Affair, uh, which are over on Showtime, owned by Paramount, Undercover Boss, The Game, Everybody Hates Chris, The Real Husbands of Hollywood, um, Charmed is a Paramount uh, program. Film. Yeah, by um, CBS, yeah. Yep. Films like The Godfather, The Talented Mr. Ripley, American Beauty, Patriot Games, Fatal Attraction, The Firm, all of those are going to be, even though they are Paramount Studios projects and Paramount is part of with CBS. They're going to be on NBC's on NBC's streaming platform. 
this which could they're... be an interesting strategy for them. If they combine the two, that would be interesting. If they were well, no, no, not not necessarily combining the two, Viacom, CBS, and NBC Universal, not combining, but it can test the waters because they've been kind of touting or not even touting talking about so they have pluto tv right now and they have a lot of content right. they bought pluto tv a few years ago which is a free um kind of as important streaming service it's yeah. really great um but they've been touting either an expansion to cbs or all access or a new streaming service altogether and doing this could actually be a way to see how well their stuff is received to to invest in a completely brand new streaming service as opposed to just keeping it on somebody else's. Well, yeah, that's what I, th- I think what we'll end up seeing is them. They will do. God damn it. I think, I think Brad just flatlined. <laughs> Somebody call 911. <laughs> I'm joking. I, I, I would feel bad if he actually did. Um, I would feel bad that he was hooked up and never told us, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think this is uh, I think they I think that CBS and Paramount and NBC Universal with all their properties, including USA and Sci-Fi, I, I I have a feeling that once Disney became majority owner in Hulu, that you would start seeing networks starting to back away, and I think that yes, I to your point, I think that this is a a testing of the waters or a first steps of coming together to create a, another Hulu like platform um, that is not majority owned by Disney. Something that is more because, because even Hulu now that they own Fox, you know, all, you see a lot of, you know, hey, FX on Hulu. Disney is very much using Hulu to push uh, their original, their other content. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think that you'll likely see CBS, NBC, um, starting to you know form merge together and form their own streaming platform would be my guess. Hey, ask a question about one of the shows that's listed here. Yeah, uh, the real husbands of Hollywood. Do these guys actually have jobs, or do they sit around all day drinking, wearing stuff that highlights their package, and bitch about their wives? I think it's <laughs> I think it's the latter. <laughs> I think it's okay. the, it's actually I believe a parody show. Yeah, I think it is. It's okay. a, I think yeah, it's like a Shaquille Kevin Hart and Nick Cannon. Yeah, okay, it's so, Kevin Hart and Nick Cannon parodying the okay. housewife genre. It was on the so They walk around in speedos and drink and shit. Yeah, probably. Okay. It's on BET, so so as far as they could go on BET. Yeah, yeah. of course. Nickelodeon. Okay, no, that's fine. Nickelodeon, also part of Paramount, uh, is rebooting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles property for the big screen. The CG animated feature will be produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, which gives me pause. Directed by Jeff Rowe, who's done some you know animated television series work before, and written by Brendan O'Brien, who wrote the outstanding films Neighbors, Sorority Rising, the sequel to the other neighbors movie apparently and Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Um, none of this gives me any confidence that this would be worth uh, checking out, but maybe, uh, maybe it does somebody else. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> it is rough. Yeah. It's, I've it's never been read. a turtles fan, but I've loved at least as of recent, I've loved a lot of people involved with it. Mm-hmm. But I've never been an actual Turtles fan. Like I know Ben Schwartz does a voice on, on like the recent uh, Nick show. Rob Polson, obviously the vet. 
uh, Seth Green, Jason Biggs. I, I mean, love all those cats, but like I <laughs> just not couldn't Seth care Rogen less about when to. <laughs> Seth and Rogen I love Seth Rogen too. I love yeah. Seth Rogen too. And Evan Goldberg, they they make um, fun stuff, whether it's good or bad. It's always fun. Uh, but I, I just never been a Turtles fan. Yeah, they they couldn't get the writers from the first Neighbors movie. No, apparently he was booked solid. <laughs> the good one. He he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess he was. Uh, I don't know, doing something else. He couldn't. And, and and no one who had ever written or directed a cartoon could. Be bothered to come on this project? <laughs> no, apparently not. Apparently he was. Yeah, apparently they were all busy uh, serving lattes at Starbucks. They're essential employees. They could not be pried away to come work on this <laughs> TMNT show, movie, whatever it's going to be. Uh, HBO's Lovecraft Country will premiere on Sunday, August sixteenth. So again, another premiere, another decent show. Looks like uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country follows twenty-five-year-old Korean War veteran Atticus Black, who joins his friend Letty Dandridge and his uncle George to embark on a road trip to find his missing father. Atticus, known for always having a pulp novel and a paperback in his back pocket. He uh, is living with the daily injustices of the 1950s Jim Crow era. The trio must survive and overcome both the racists in white America and the Lovecraft-inspired, demonic, malevolent, old god stuff that is uh, coming after them as well. Uh, so that's another one where it's like, well, maybe, but it's you know, show run by Misha Green and executive producers uh, Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. So it certainly has um, a couple of things. It has the pedigree behind the scenes, and it is building on you know HBO's kind of. It's coming on the heels of Watchmen, and it kind of has a similar vibe to it. So not in tone necessarily, but a lot of the. You know, same issues that were explored in the recent Watchmen mini mini series, limited series, whatever they're calling it, uh, are going to be popping up here. It's just with a more horrific, supernatural kind of element involved as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. trailers, but I'm um, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Odin's my son's a huge Lovecraft fan and has been ever since he was little, and so. He actually asked if I wanted to watch it with him, so we're go. we're gonna check it out. Cool. Let us know what you think of it. Yeah, for sure. Dakota alluded to this earlier, but Comedy Central is bringing back Beavis and Butthead. Creator Mike Judge is returning to write, produce, and voice act. The reboot is for two seasons, uh, so an unnamed number of specials and spinoffs. Did Does that you, mean they're bringing Daria back too? Uh, well, that's they've left the door open. Hasn't Daria been brought back? Uh, for a little bit, <laughs> cool. I think once, yeah. Yeah, recently, I think. Yeah. So, what was it that brought the move to from MTV to Comedy Central? Well, you know, there's too many music videos clogging up the MTV, so they had to find another <laughs> place for it. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> not it. That's clearly not the issue. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's all again. I think they're all owned by the same company, and they just felt like it'd be a better fit because because MTV is filled with um, a lot of reality shows. Yeah, early early twenties uh, people doing things. So uh, yeah, it's not their audience anymore. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead are an older crowd now. So hey, uh, this isn't the first time they've attempted to bring Beavis and Butthead back because they did it a couple years ago on MTV. 
Right. And they just had them sitting around watching episodes of the Jersey Shore and making fun of that. And I don't think it was really that well received. received. Yeah. No, uh, you're you're absolutely right on both counts. Yes, they did, and no, it wasn't. <laughs> I did enjoy that that newer series, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. I wonder whose t shirt Stewart will be wearing. <laughs> I don't know. Because it was Yeah. I don't know. It would be like, uh, oh, it'll be uh, Nickelback. I was thinking Shine Down because they're just as bad in my mind, but. Yeah, I'm guessing Nickelback. Uh, Nickelback would be cool. Yeah, it'll yeah be Nickelback. Nickelback has that reputation. I don't know any other band that's got that kind of. That Smash Mouth? Yeah. Um, Trapped is right behind them nowadays. Really? That, that's. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a dubious company beekeeping right there. Uh, yeah, Trapped uh, started beef with the the whole metalcore industry recently on Twitter, and uh, oh. they got they Just, got they got roasted pretty hard. And then they jumped on the whole All Lives Matter train pretty hard, and that was pretty awkward for them too. <laughs> Are they just looking for bad press? Or what they want? I mean, when you only had one song twenty years ago, any press is some press, I, I guess. guess so. I guess uh, that's what they say. Yeah, no such thing. No such thing as bad press. They were, you know, on the small stage of the uh, Ozzy Osbourne's traveling show, so that was something. Yeah, it was. It certainly was something. (laughs) So, if this Beavis and Butthead works, or even if it doesn't, so Dakota, you just binged King of the Hill, and like you said, there's a lot of binging. Uh, Would you want to see King of the Hill come back? Um, I actually talked to. Um, I talked to a buddy about it the other day. Um, I would like to because it didn't. It doesn't have an end, really. You can tell it just kind of fizzled out. Right. Um, they had like an episode, a few episodes before the end, where it was like the perfect ending. Like, they're, Bobby's finally got something in common with Hank, and they're grilling together, and the whole like block comes to smells them grilling, and they all like assemble at their house and eat, and it seems like a really wholesome ending. And then they just throw like two more episodes after that, where it's just like you find out Khan's bipolar, and then it's just over. Um, <laughs> so that's weird. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I like... Go ahead. Yeah, I like Dakota. Do you know did the actress who played Luann? Does she die? Yeah, Brittany Murphy. Was on? Wasn't during? Yeah, I... It was after. I think. No, I don't. Yeah, because I mean it, the show. I think it ended with still her still voicing it. Um, but yeah, my buddy said there was a talk of a reboot for King of the Hill a while back, and it just kind of fizzled out. Um, and I said, well, Mike Judge is worth 175 mil. I don't know why he'd want to like put a bow on a season, a show that ended years ago. But then I, two days after I said that, they were bringing back Beavis and Butthead. So I was like, fuck it. I don't know. I hope. It, I mean, that'd be cool. <laughs> so would you want to see it pick up where it left off, or would you want to see it so many years later with Bobby being trying not to become his dad or maybe trying to become his, I don't know. What would you rather see? Would you rather see it? Yeah. Would you rather be King of the Hill or would you rather be King of the Hill, the next generation? I'd be, I'd be game for either. Honestly, like find out Bobby Hill's real dad is Bill Dotry. God, well, he does love (laughs) Peggy. So, Mm -hmm. um, no, I'd I'd like, I think it'd be kind of cool to see it grown up Bobby. Cause like there's 13 seasons and he never ages. Right. I don't know if Pamela Alden, who voiced Bobby Hill, can really be the voice for Bobby post 
Um, puberty? No. Uh, yeah. You could have her. You could have her voicing Bobby's kid, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, the thing is, is like, I mean, that was a generational show. Like, he was right. playing his Game Boy in that show and things like that. So, like, all the people my age were that were Bobby's age when that show was coming out. It'd be kind of cool to see him growing up now. So would Hank be like? So so would Bobby be like turning? Cotton. In, yeah, I was gonna say, would Bobby be turning into Hank and Hank be turning into Cotton? <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. Only, yeah, only, yeah, only Hank would have his shins still. We'd let let him keep his. Yeah, shins. I was gonna say Hank loses his shins in a propane accident. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured Hank would run around being like, "I ain't got no ass. <laughs> I ain't got no ass. <laughs> I sold I sold fifty grills. <laughs> this mm-hmm. shit just shit just writes itself, folks. If you're listening yeah. at uh, at Fox, just uh, write make the check payable to Pop Goes the Culture. Mm-hmm. Dang all right, man. Uh, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of zeros on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least one zero for every person on this podcast, please. Picturing an old Boomhauer who's like losing his teeth. So you how he would sound now. Could <laughs> he be a mum- mumblier? Or, or, or clearer. <laughs> like you yeah. can perfectly understand him. What was Boomhauer? They had that towards the end. They had his wallet fall open. He had a badge. What? What was he? Wasn't he like a U.S. Marshal? Was he? Yeah, some, something like that. Yeah. Being arrested yeah. to hear that. Well, he doesn't. It, his wallet doesn't fall open. They're trying to get into someone's house, and he flashes a badge, and they let him in. I thought he dropped it and it fell open. It might have been well, that. I, I thought. He has watched the previous. I think he, they were trying to get into someone's house, and he opens his wallet and flashes a badge. But it oh, never God. says what it never says what it is or anything. <laughs> as far as I remember, anyways, I watched a lot of it really fast. So. <laughs> <laughs> was this when you were running a fever too? So like it, it just kind of runs together. That's how I. That's how I finished it for sure. Because I was sick for two days, and they wouldn't let me go into work till I got tested for COVID. Right. So I was like, so I was like, I guess I'm gonna finally finish King of the Hill. <laughs> All right. You know, imagine what a King of the Hill fueled fever dream would be like. God, it'd be pretty like it'd be a lot like regular King of the Hill, probably. <laughs> exactly. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Uh, let's see what um, else we got here. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, also, uh, I don't know if you catch this. Uh, th- I think this just broke today, but there's another animated reboot coming that's in the works. What's that one? Clone High from Lord and Miller. I remember that show. I don't. Yeah, it was, it was it was after my time, I guess. Yeah, it, it was, was on MTV. I'm not too familiar with it, but it's like uh, I watched. But it's like it. younger yeah. versions of like figures from history or something like that in high school. Like, the, yeah, the they're clones of uh, U.S. Uh, historical figures. Yeah, like uh, not even just it? just U.S. But yeah, historical figures in general. Like Cleopatra was one. Abraham Lincoln was a Gandhi. JFK. Gandhi. JFK. And uh, yeah, and like it's become JFK. like a cult thing since then. And Lord and Miller have huge popula- popularity now with everything they've done and haven't done Star Wars. Uh, but uh, they're they're bringing it back with uh, them and Bill Lawrence. They're in development with it. Nice, right on. very good. I remember so- the one episode that always stuck in my head of that. They're at a party, like some kind of like high school party, and. JFK's got this boat and he's laying in the boat with someone and then Gandhi gets up there and he's like doing something standing on the boat and he gets up and looks at him and goes, hey you, get off my dinghy. 
And then the girl gets up and he's like, no, not you. Oh. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> that, always, that always stuck with me. I don't know why, but uh, I think I know why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can break it down why, but I'm pretty sure we all know why. Yeah. The show sounds a lot like drunk history without without the alcohol and the being kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, Shark Week kicks off on August 9th on the Discovery Channel. This is the 32nd year for the annual summertime programming block. I, I don't, uh, Tara's excited. I don't know if they're going to do like more bad CGI stuff or if they can just stick to actual you know sharks, but I guess we'll find out. In Do August. they have a host yet? I have not heard. Haven't seen. That last year's was I can't remember whose last year's was. Two years ago was Rob Riggle, right? Yeah, something so. like that. Yeah. yeah, Riggle might have done it last year too. Man. Should have the should have the Shark King from Harley Quinn cartoon. Yeah, that'd be all right. A crossover <laughs> event. That would be actually really cool to have a little animated cartoon. Yeah. It can't be any worse than some of the shit they've pulled on Shark Weeks in recent exactly. years. Exactly. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, Justice League. Uh, so we're all we're all looking forward to that Snyder Cut, right? Justice League's Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg, went on social media to call out director Joss Whedon as being, quote, gross, abusive, and unprofessional during the reshoots for Justice League after having praised Whedon in the 2017 on the press tour for the film. Uh, Whedon regulars, actors like Alan Tudyk have come out and said they couldn't imagine such a thing from Joss after having known him for decades. Other crew members, though, have backed up Fisher uh, without elaborating. They just said, yeah, basically, on social media. One Justice League producer says the entire issue, this whole thing revolves around Fisher not wanting to say Cyborg's catchphrase, booyah. That's yeah. true, that is so stupid. So there, yeah. So we're creating a controversy and calling people out because he didn't want to say a, a line that the character is known for saying. Or we're going, or we're going with the option that bad press is good press. Yeah, it, it, any press is is good yeah. press. Yeah. Sounds like someone's a little upset that you know most of their shit got cut out. <laughs> well, oh, that that's possible too. <laughs> Uh, quarantine hasn't been kind for some people. Yeah, some people have spent <laughs> way too much time on social media. Oh, we've been riding the Disney train a lot tonight. Here's another one. Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace Against the Universe, now has an official release date. The animated film will hit Disney Plus streaming service on August 28th. Disney will be airing all episodes of the original show on Disney XD starting on Tuesday, August the 25th, which will lead directly into the premiere of the new film. Although, if you have Disney Plus, you can watch all the episodes anytime you want, anyhow. But whatever. Out of order. But yeah. yes, that is true. I like Phineas and Ferb. That's one of those these Disney shows it's, I will back. back. It is a great one. show. I got to interview yeah. Swampy Marsh. Oh, yeah. And he was a delight. Yeah. He was a delight. Is it just me or does Candace sound like a stripper name? <laughs> is it just me or does uh, Ashley Tisdale <laughs> seem like a stripper as well? Um, oh no no! She played a stripper in uh, amateur. That is, that is not well, just you. you. <laughs> there you go. It all comes back around to uh, strippers. So as see. it should. There you go. Marvel Comics <laughs> has required has acquired the rights to Alien and Predator comic book franchises. 
which were, oh, imagine were, that. <laughs> which were formerly housed at Dark Horse Comics. Well, movie rights and and uh, comic book rights are not. You know, I mean, it's a it's a weird world in, as far as rights to everything. Uh, but Dark Horse Comics had the rights. The uh, Disney, the House of Mouse, said, "You know what? We're going to buy that and put that under Marvel, so that now Disney has. It, it sounds like they've got a plan, maybe that we just don't know about because." They went out and they bought Fox, which gave them the rights to Aliens and Predator movies and TV shows or whatever they want to do. And now they've gone out and purchased the comic book, you know, properties. So maybe, maybe there's a plan. I don't know. We'll find out. So can I ask you a question? This is coming from a novice here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Disney, the Walt Disney Company also owns Marvel Comics, correct? Yes. And Warner Brothers, Warner Media also owns DC Comics, correct? Yes. So they own pretty much, both of those companies pretty much own everything under that umbrella. The comics, the movies, this, that, the other. Um, it's yes and no. <laughs> because what But in happened- terms of like the comic books and the movies and the TV shows, they pretty much own all of that. Bottom line is yes, but there's so much legalese in between. Yeah, because a lot of, gotcha. uh, particularly with Marvel, when Marvel was going through bankruptcy in the 90s, they sold off the rights to a lot of different stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. while, while test, yes, yeah, while yes is the right answer, it's not the whole answer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know, like, and there's Sony still pub- has Spider Man and yeah. stuff like and, that. And but. Well, but even in comics, they're like, they, they still have publishing deals with other smaller press publishers for some of the gotcha. characters. And so, yeah, it's gotcha. You're mostly right. And, and it's not right because of anything. you. But it's not wrong. like it's, Marvel comics and DC comics are operating independently in a correct. In they are, some, they are their parent company is. Yeah. They have, they have corporate overlords. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like this and, and being the huge comic book nerd that I am, um, I think Alien and Predator is more suited for an independent label than a label like Marvel. Yeah, I agree. Um, what's happened in the past, like once Marvel got the rights back to uh, like Conan the Barbarian, the first thing they did was they announced a new series, and then within a couple of issues dropping, now Conan's like, now we have Conan with the Avengers, and you know I don't want to see like yeah. the Xenomorphs and the Predators, uh, you know, fighting alongside the Avengers in a special spectacular crossover right. event, which Marvel will. Well, do. No way, man. Well, and, and Conan's another one. Conan should be fighting with Red Sonja over at Dynamite. Exactly, not uh, fighting alongside Iron Man in no. the Avengers. Wouldn't want to see them fighting alongside, but if they did like um, Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies. Like if they did a run like that where Marvel heroes are being literally slaughtered by Xenomorphs, I would probably enjoy that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. What I other, would enjoy so, too. So here's a question. So we, friend of friend of the show, uh, comic book uh, writer uh, Jared Lujan, he said on Twitter earlier today, "My Predator versus Alien pitch is that it's the same the same pitch that he's had for years." It's the exact plot of Bring It On, except a school of predators versus a school of xenomorphs. Which leads me to the question, if you were to add 
aliens and predators to an existing film whether you're rebooting it and you're just slapping aliens and predators in it over the same script or whatever what where would you put aliens and predators what other films would you put those those characters into Adam Chandler movie you would, would a, go with bring it would on. Not, would not put it in with a cheerleader movie like bring it on. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Well, that's your call, man. <laughs> we have a poll question this episode. We that, don't. That might be a poll question later. Maybe. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll hang on to that back pocket. Um. Uh, can I can I suggest one the complete yeah. out of left field? Yeah. Uh, more out of left field than bring it on. Oh, uh, <laughs> night at the museum. Night at the museum with aliens and. Predators. Because right. Disney owns that too. Yeah, well, there you go. Make it yeah. like the R-rated version of that at the museum. I th- like, oh, I, like instead I of Ben Stiller, get someone like like a... What's his name? Like a Matt Bomer. And like just make it R-rated and like really bloody. And then like there's like a statue of an alien or predator in the museum for some reason because there's like a special exhibit and then they just come to life and then wreak havoc okay so we got night at the museum what else where else would we go Fight club because even if they did talk about it no one would understand them there you go so would the so would, <laughs> the, would, the, would, the, would the would the xenomorph be a figment of the predator's imagination or yeah okay no or or, or just put them or just put them against each other yeah you no know? the cage match Fair enough. Okay, so, yeah, let's hear yours. Planet, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, I kind of knew it was coming, and I was kind of hoping we'd get that. Oh, this joke may not land. I'm going to tell you this now, and and it may not land because I don't know much about it anyway, but Prometheus. It's already an alien movie. Exactly. But they don't show any of the. Okay, I get you. <laughs> but they do. I'm with you. <laughs> but they do. Oh, do they? I never, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen any of them. So no, you're fine. I, don't, you don't. You don't. You don't want to watch it. It's, it's all right. You don't have to. You know, I've never seen any of them either. So yeah, you don't have you to. Know know the joke probably didn't land. <laughs> you know what I learned uh, okay. from Prometheus? What? What I learned from Prometheus is that if something is falling out of the sky towards you, just keep <laughs> running straight. <laughs> yeah. Instead of to the side <laughs> to avoid it. That was uh that wasn't was that Prometheus? No, yeah, that, that was, was Prometheus. Prometheus. That was Charlie Theron. I was thinking yeah, Covenant. Yeah, exit right. from the movie. <laughs> I was thinking Covenant for some reason, but you're right, it was. So uh, let's see what I, else. I so think with, with a little few. work, it could maybe go into Venom. Venom, yeah. And I say throw them into Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. There you go. Bit, yeah, yeah, I like that one. Super bad. <laughs> Uh, I, I looked over at my my DVD shelf, and the first movie I saw was super bad. I was like, "Oh, why not make it a buddy comedy?" Well, it's <laughs> it's both a Disney movie and a Fox movie, The Chronicles of Narnia. There you go, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Thelma and Louise <laughs> <laughs> just having, having the alien queen and a uh, predator just driving across the yeah, the yeah. There you go. Brad Pitt replies his role. What about like they do a sequel to? Paul, you remember Paul with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? Right. And Sigourney Weaver's already in it, so. There you go. If, no, we should. it should be E.T., and E.T. has turned out to be a spy <laughs> for the Predators. Yeah, okay, that'll work, too. Or, got, he comes back with the Predators in the Xenomorphs. <laughs> yeah, they, 
the E.T. has oh, a chest burster bust out of the E.T. And, and then the Predators <laughs> come to hunt them down. I think right. everybody's looking at their donation DVD piles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think so. <laughs> we too. are. All right. Fair enough. Twister. Moving on. Twister. Twister. <laughs> yeah, Twister. <laughs> Sharknado, but with... Yeah. No. <laughs> Uh, we've talked about the movie industry a little bit, but uh, the Alamo Draft House is reportedly fur- taking all the furloughs that they've had and turning them into layoffs. Unfortunately, uh, the move oh. includes key staff. Um, the uh, The Alamo has declined to comment on the number, uh, but one source said more than eighty on the corporate side alone, not including all the personnel that actually work in the theaters. Um, on March 16th, the Alamo announced it would furlough 80% of its corporate staff and virtually all theater staff members as it closed its 40 theaters. Um, and now those furloughs have become layoffs. The The good thing about that is that um, people can apply for unemployment if they're laid off where they couldn't if they were furloughed. But it also means that once things reopen, eventually, maybe sometime down the road, that yeah, they're going to have to basically reapply for the jobs if they haven't found other jobs in the meantime. So it's tough. I know our local here in in Springfield, the uh, Alamo has laid off its entire staff. So um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough time for everybody right now, especially if you're in the entertainment, the live event uh, business. So. Oh yeah. I'll tell you what, it's crazy down where I live down near Branson. Oh yeah. This whole community is based on the entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, all those God, tourist yeah. dollars. Yeah. And finally, in headlines, Warner Brothers has set up Frosty the Snowman, a CG live action hybrid yeah. film that will see Aquaman star Jason Momoa voicing the iconic snowman. Will the snowman have tats like Momoa? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. This is this is it a ridiculous, but I'm also on board. <laughs> this, this is the kind of headline that you only get in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. Do you know who he'd be, be, be still, you know who he'd be better suited for just on facial hair alone? Jesus, the nar- snowman. <laughs> no, the the narrator from uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, that okay. character. The, the one the that wore the vest. Snowman. Tell your story about Rudolph real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, it seems like he has the voice and the facial hair already. <laughs> you made him sound like a trucker that's like... What <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like? <laughs> now old Rudolph, he took the four holes like to... How about Sam Shepard for the Big Lebowski? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so here's here's your other question. Then we already did Aliens of Predator. So if you're going to uh, do a you know a, you're bringing back the Christmas classics, what are what what actors would you have doing the voiceover work of some of your favorite Christmas classic characters? So we've got you know Momoa probably better suited as the snowman. Uh, what's his name? Sam, I think, from uh, Rudolph. How about any, any others? Which I it's know, we, funny. We didn't prepare for this, so yeah. I, I can't remember yeah. many animated characters. <laughs> How about fu- um, uh, what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg can be fucking Rudolph, or he could just be Rudolph. Rather him Is as Hermie, I think. Rudolph? Oh hey, yeah. yeah, he'd be Hermie for sure. Hermie, okay. Hermie the elf. 
How about Sam Kinison is the head elf at the workshop? <laughs> is Sam Kinison still alive? Can we do that? No. <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, no. hey, that would be funny. <laughs> we can CG it, man. It's funny because uh, I I I'm Jewish, so like I don't have the affinity for all those uh, the Christmas classics, the Christmas specials. So yeah. like I just heavily leaned on. Like the Rugrats Hanukkah episode. <laughs> of the three choices you had, you had to lean into Rugrats <laughs> because that's all there was. Yeah, yeah, that's all. The, that's was all there was. In that Adam Sandler uh, cartoon. Uh, uh, Eight Crazy Nights. But that didn't come out till later. I was still, I was still young when that first came out. That came out like 2003. I wasn't ready for that yet. I watched it later. So. Tara says uh, Josh Gad should be a snowman. He's already got the the snowman. Oh yeah, experience. Josh Gad, of course. Well, we'll Al think Pacino. about that some more. Yeah, go Al Pacino ahead. is almost anything. <laughs> Al Pacino. Yeah. Al Pacino as a what was what was the reindeer the the coach that was trying to get him to fly? Was that? Oh Dan? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rather he'd be saying I, that he's just a dick to everyone. You, I remember. Uh, I Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I watched Elf for the first time with my dad years ago. And uh, we saw Santa appear on screen, and my dad was like, "That's Ed Asner. He's Jewish. What is he doing playing Santa Claus?" He's checking that check all the way to the banks. What he's doing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, now in that movie, the Tim Allen movie, the Santa Claus Bernard, he was Jewish. I know. It just it's just funny because my dad. Uh, I don't think he knew Ed Asner, but like he he's a Kansas City guy, so his father kind of knew him. So my dad's dad kind of knew him, so yeah. just kind of funny. Of, think of Ed Asner's career right now. I mean, there's that movie, and then Up, and then what else has he done of late? Ed Asner yeah. has a career? Exactly. <laughs> of course he played Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, when, they, when they backed up the Brinks truck, he said, sure, I'll be Santa. <laughs> Every we'll, week. Get, we'll get De Niro to play Santa in these little claymation things. There you go. De Niro could be Yukon Jack. You could have yeah. you could have De Niro and Pacino be in the Heat Miser and the Mister Freeze. Oh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Being a Jew, do you know what Christmas special I actually really enjoyed when I was younger? Probably a little after your guys this time, but uh, I later found out that it was uh, Matt Groening from The Simpsons. I think I'm saying his name right. Did all of the other reindeer with right. Drew Barrymore as the voice. Oh. Um, and I remember really what that was on Nickelodeon all the time as a kid. So that'd be fun, that fun to see. Ben Drescher is the fairy godmother. No, no. Yeah. Something like that. God, that'd be the worst. <laughs> no, yeah, well, we're, we're done with all that. Really uh, annoying. Every week we ask you to tell us what you think are the top stories in entertainment, pop culture this week. Caleb Smothers on Facebook. Send us this one. Fallout. The video game series is finally going to be a television series. Amazon Studios announced on Thursday that it has licensed the rights to the hit video game franchise, which will be adapted into a show executive produced by Westworld creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. So there is that. Uh, the Fallout adaptation is currently in development and has been, already been given a series commitment from Prime Video. So anybody here play the Fallout video games? I have not. I've watched Caleb play four quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he he beat it, and then he goes through after he beats that, and like Skyrim, all the Bethesda stuff, and puts the mods on. 
Right. And it's pretty, it's pretty funny to watch him just like wreck shit with the flamethrower. <laughs> right. Awesome. Yeah. I've not played him myself, but I know there's a huge following for the, the game series. So hopefully uh, they won't screw up the television series. Well, as long as they don't do as bad as they did on 76, they should yeah, be Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of where they picked to, to start in. With Jonathan Nolan working on it, I'm sure it'll at least be intriguing yeah. uh, to watch because I, I don't think I've seen anything that Jonathan Nolan has done that didn't give uh, yeah, do it be, for me. There will be a puzzle. There will be clues, and then it won't make any sense whatsoever. So that's a Jonathan Nolan <laughs> show. And in other news, this one comes from, I'm going to call it Bossier City. That's probably not the way they pronounce it there, but Bossier City, Louisiana. Police in Louisiana were able to reel in a man captured on video swimming through a fish tank at a sporting goods store. Kevin Wise, 26, told KSLA-TV that he plunged into the indoor aquarium at a Bass Pro Shop in Bossier City last week uh, to follow through on a promise he made to his followers on TikTok. Quote, I said that if I got 2,000 likes, I would jump in the tank, Wise said. I got way more than that, and I didn't want to be a liar. A video captured by shopper uh, Treasure McGraw, which sounds like a country music, a washed-up country music star, showed Wise swimming through the tank before climbing out and running through the store from the store with wet clothes. Uh, quote, we heard a big splash, and I thought it was one of the fish, McGraw told the news outlet. My fiance was like, there's somebody in the tank, and we saw the guy swimming. Bass Pro Shops filed a complaint with the police department on Friday saying it cost them money to empty out the 13,000-gallon aquarium and clean it after Wise's swim. Wise was charged with simple criminal damage to property and released with a citation to appear in court, the police said. Uh, he told KSLA TV he planned on continuing to make videos for his followers, but cautioned against others doing similar quote spur of the moment type pranks. So yeah, he doesn't want anybody else doing this kind of stuff because that would be competition for his TikTok channel. So can I just yeah. say this? Fuck yeah. TikTok. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think with that, you on that too. Bro should go after TikTok and get some of that TikTok money. <laughs> get some of that good TikTok money. Yeah. <laughs> First off, kudos, kudos to you for saying that uh, he was on the hook when he was in a tank in Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> exactly. I, as, a, as a freelance writer, I, I took note of that, and I, I, I want to steal that from you. Yeah, go ahead. And, uh, and, and second off, this has got to be the best story of Hurdle Week. <laughs> yeah. And in, in the 2020, like we've been experiencing, sometimes you got to find these stories. Um, thankfully, this one turned out okay. No one was injured no one was killed no one i mean i guess maybe a fish might have gotten sick but i'm guessing not if they got the aquarium cleaned out but yeah that's it, don't 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 it, jump into the uh, don't jump into the it, tank it, of Bass it just goes to prove my 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 belief that people are stupid oh yeah and especially stupid for make-believe fame <laughs> like oh, ooh, I, and, got, I got two thousand tiktok likes i better jump in this aquarium and yeah. go get arrested and let's just look at where it happened too, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Louisiana. Not that far yeah. from Florida, by the way. Pretty close yeah. to Florida. Mm -hmm. I will admit, when I or posted this article I posted this article on the Slack channel, I called this guy a jackass and I still think he's a jackass. But I will admit I have seen hard fishing tanks like that at a bass pro shop and felt the urge to jump in myself. <laughs> I'm not that big of a jackass. <laughs> 
and certainly didn't do it for TikTok likes. Well, hey, you know, Eddie Brock jumped into a lobster tank in Venom, and he wasn't doing it for any likes. Hey, but Tom oh, Hardy shit. asked, did he ask permission before he did it, or did he just do it? Oh, he just jumped in. Okay, never mind. It was hot. <laughs> he, he, he was trying to cool off. Yeah. I'd jump in a tank if it would mean that I could get rid of that movie forever. <laughs> well, he probably jumped in the tank because he wasn't used to the air hitting his face. Yeah. Because yeah. he's always wearing a mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let us know what you think are the top stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. That stands for Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. Last week's pop quiz, we asked, what is your favorite activity challenge game show type show? We asked on social media. The votes are in across Facebook and Twitter and a few other little places where this thing, the question popped up. The, the, the question was asked. The people voted. Here are the results in fourth place with 16% of the votes was the Titan Games. So not a lot of Titan Games fans out there. Yep. Never seen it. Tied for second place. Each with 21% of the votes were Wipeout and Ninja Warrior. So that sounds about right. Equally, equally uh, divided on the, on the votes there, which means in first place with 42% of the votes, the overwhelming favorite, and it might be recency bias, but the overwhelming yeah. favor is Floor is Lava. Everybody seems to like Woo-hoo. Floor is Lava. <laughs> yeah, it's the surprise of the summer. <laughs> I like it. In the cast channel, the Mustard Tiger, thanks for joining us, says, I feel like floor is lava caters to middle-aged moms. I can't really get into oh. it. Well, as a middle-aged I like dad, it. I haven't watched it either. So. Kenny's the middle-aged mom when it comes to, <laughs> to watching. Watch I'm, I'm a young man. I'm like in my mid-20s, and like I think it's great. I thought I think you were really questioning your gender. I don't think I'm a mother, but yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Tara says, Tara says is he she going to say our Florida. audience is middle-aged moms? Well, Tara says Maybe. she voted Flora's Lava, and she doesn't feel um, middle-aged yet, I don't think, but, you know. Well, she, right. She's <laughs> getting pretty close. Well, you know. I do think it's a it's a recency bias <laughs> as well. I think so. I will, I will say at my age, middle age is really what you think it is. Yeah. I remember when, uh, yeah. 50 looked old. And, and as I'm slowly creeping towards 50, I'm like, oh, that's not that old, is it? Oh, I, I'm on the north side of 50. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, eh, it, it's not as old as I thought it used, used to think it was. Uh, some comments, though, from the folks on social media on Facebook Jordan Melton, Shan Dance, and Matthew Martin all chimed in with a choice that we did not have. And I don't even think we talked about. They voted for most extreme challenge in, in Japanese. It was uh, in, on. On television, oh, MX, in Japan, it was Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, MXC, uh, originally known as Takeshi, in yep. Japan as Takeshi's Castle. Yep. So that was, dubbed here in the U.S. Yeah. So that would have been three votes had we thrown that one out there, but we didn't. Uh, let's see what else we also had. Uh, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, and I apologize. Uh, Liesel, Liesel Ulis on Facebook 
said, I've been watching Ultimate Tag with my family, and my husband and my sons watch the Titan games. We also occasionally watch Floor is Lava, but I don't care for it. I was a huge fan of the original Japanese Ninja Warrior, Susaku. Sus- Sus- God, I can't speak tonight. Sasaki. Sasuke. Thank you. It's so Saki, it, baby. Not Saki. <laughs> when it aired regularly on G4. I haven't even had any Saki, and we're already slurring words. Uh, back when it used to air on G4. Back when there used to be a gaming channel, yeah. Uh, our buddy Jen over at the Alamo said, uh, quote, I found Wipeout to be the most ridiculous, so that's where I'm leaning, but damn did I love some Ninja Warrior. Uh, to which uh, Haley Williams, also on Facebook, replied, Wipeout is the most ridiculous, mindless entertainment by far. Ninja Warrior is for when you want to get kicked in the feels, which I don't disagree with that. They, they put, put those packages together. Yeah. I believe Side that would be the, heels. Yeah. Is this is this the Haley Williams from Paramore? No. That was that was uh, my question too. No. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, not that this one's not cool. I'm sure she's awesome. Yeah. High five! High five to you for having the same mindset. <laughs> yeah, I would. You know, you're cool. You're cool. Yeah, you, I mean, you're cool. I, I just would have geeked out pretty hard if it was. Yes, yeah, I mean, Par- Paramore is listening to the podcast as well, so yes. <laughs> and finally, our buddy Jason over at the Sample Chapter podcast on Twitter, uh, he said, so happy you did not put Holy Moly on there as it would have been too tough to choose between it and Flora's Lava. I will say that Lava captures the attention of my entire family down to my three-year-old grandson who is just as upset when they fail. So thanks to Jason. Part of the pop goes the culture network as well uh, so see it's not it's not all like, yeah. three-year-old think that people die no the three-year-old just doesn't like to see people fail at the challenges because yeah, because they, mo- because they was not a choice what's that holy moly was not a choice no because we all like it we we i mean there wouldn't have been a vote it would have been holy moly like 98 percent of the vote and then yeah they would have split the other two percent so yeah no we we left it off we, okay we talked okay, about it we okay left it okay i get that i get that uh, <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, three year olds like in holy or is like in uh, floors lava. So it's clearly not a middle aged mother. Well, thanks to everyone who voted and commented. We will have another pop quiz later on in the show. Maybe, maybe we already did if we talked about it. I don't know. We'll find out. Let's stick around and listen. Uh, let's see. Let's keep rolling with this one. This week in pop culture history. July the 4th, 1776, the U.S. Declaration of Independence was adopted by the Second Continental Congress. July 4th, 1803, the Louisiana Purchase was announced. On July 4th, 1826, John Adams, the second president of the United States, and Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, died on the same day. It was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. No cause of death listed, but I'm guessing maybe they went to a party and, you know, had some bad potato salad or something. I don't know. (laughs) They accidentally drank hemlock instead of the wine. Maybe so. July 4th, 1855, the first edition of poet Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass was published. And July 4th, 1939, Lou Gehrig gave his The Luckiest Man on the Face of the Earth speech, announcing his retirement from baseball. On July 5th, 1937, Spam was introduced to the market by the Hormel Foods Corporation. Is anybody, do we have any Spam fans on the, on the show? Oop. That's going to be a no for me. All right, good deal. I was afraid I was going to kick somebody off. Uh, July 5th, 1946, French designer Louis Reard introduced the bikini in Paris. 
Mm. It changed the world forever. Mm-hmm. That, should be, that should be a holiday. And July 5th, 1996, Dolly the Sheep, the first mammal cloned from an adult cell, was born. So she's still alive. Surprisingly, uh, not as world so. changing. Yeah, not, not as world changing as the bikini. I'll be damned. <laughs> if you had to guess between cloning and the bikini, which would you have thought would have been a bigger impact in history? It's the bikini. bikini. I'll be damned. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, what's Dolly going to do in her lifetime? I mean, they're going to wool for like a dozen sweaters or one <laughs> bikini. A wool bikini. She's like, a wool bikini. Yeah. I'm or, just a or the bikini. I'm not real. Yeah. Uh, birthdays this weekend, July 4th. Actress Eva Marie Saint turns 96 years old. We've got a lot of 90 year old plus birthdays, it seems like, in these like these last and next couple of weeks. It's kind of weird. Also, on the, get them here before die. <laughs> I know that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to say this today because by the time you listen to this, it, maybe she's not around. Uh, singer songwriter Post Malone turns 25 on Saturday, the 4th of July. On July the 5th, musician Huey Lewis turns 70 years old. Got it, old. Cartoonist, and he's in the yeah, cartoonist Bill Watterson from Calvin and Hobbes fame turns 62 years old. I thought he was older than that. I guess not. And on he Sunday, July, the 5th, yeah, he did. On Sunday, July the fifth, actress Edie Falco turns fifty-seven years old. And of course, Saturday, July the fourth, is Independence Day. And somebody decided to jack the script. <laughs> Who wants to read it, Curtis? Since you put that in there, <laughs> Curtis is going to inspire you this okay. Independence Day. I- I was reading that script and going, what the hell? <laughs> coming across this too. It was like, what the hell? Yeah. Somebody, as I'm reading through the script, you know, five pages up, somebody's down here on page six or whatever, adding this in. So Curtis, you get to do the honor since you hey, stuck it hey. in there. Although, although big props for using the, the speech from independence day. <laughs> yeah. All right, Curtis, hit us up. Give us your inspirational speech <clears throat> for this, this weekend. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have a new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. And cousin uh, Eddie, ra- and cousin Eddie raises a flask. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not the only thing raising me, because if you can see the chat on cast, uh, the mustard tiger uh, said uh, you you reading that was giving him a boner. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I thought it was kind of uh, disappointing compared to the memory of Bill Pullman in my head. But eh. he's still alive. Yeah, Bill Paxton's oh, the one the that memory died. of Bill <laughs> Pullman doing the speech. That's oh, okay. <laughs> Saying your reading voice didn't do it for me, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all right. All right. Well, that's what's that? That's a hell of a speech, though. I mean, yeah. as far as movie speeches go, can we I remember 
seeing it and just being like, fuck yeah, let's kick some alien ass. Can we, right? can we rewrite that for the coronavirus and have uh, Bill Pullman read that again for us? Right. <laughs> well, coming up, coming up in the next week, today, Friday, July the 3rd, Hannah Season 2 hits Prime, Amazon Prime Ooh. Video. The Babysitter's Club and Juwan Origins premiere on Netflix. Are you going to be checking out the Babysitter's Club this week, anybody? I guess not. All right. Nope. <laughs> Hamilton arrives on Disney Plus on Friday. I have a feeling yep. I'll be watching that all weekend. Um, uh, is, that, is that just a broadcast of one of the plays, or did they actually film it specifically for Disney Plus? No, they had they had filmed it. They had filmed the original cast in it was like the last week or two that they were doing productions. They said, Hey, we should film this. So they went ahead and filmed it and then they sat on the rights for a while and then finally Disney bought the rights and they were gonna put it out in theaters in twenty twenty one and then everything went crazy. The world turned upside down. And so they decided to put it on Disney Plus on the fourth of July weekend this year. So Okay, so, a, so it was done w- without an audience. I so, don't know. So I actually heard uh, Lin Manuel uh, did an interview, and they did a three day shoot, like a, not right. a, not unlike a movie, right? A cinematic um, shoot, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, where they started, they filmed the show with an audience on like I can't I can't remember which day, but like they filmed the show with an audience. Then did a bunch of close-ups and coverage and whatnot. Did that for a couple more days, and then on the last day, filmed with another audience. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of like it's three com- performances combined. I did not mean to hijack this. I just no, was intrigued by, by the Hamilton thing and was curious. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, because that was the worst that we've been hijacked on this show, right? <laughs> I'm going to guess that they, they the reason they didn't release it when they like a. Earlier, after they filmed it, was because they wanted more ticket sales for the live performances. Yeah, they probably, well, the- they probably knew if they put out a movie version of it, everyone would stop caring about it as much. They would just watch it from home. Well, the plan was is, is eventually. Well, you know I mean? th- this filmed version, which is the filmed version of the original Broadway cast, right? Um, the plan, knowing that. It be- had become a phenomenon. Not many people got to see it as it was known with the original Broadway cast. Um, and pe- people would get to see it on tour or, or, or with different casts in Chicago or on Broadway. So they had, I think they had the idea to film, film the original Broadway cast right before they left, stick in the vault, not necessarily wait for it, wait for something to happen with it, but wait for the right time to release it. Yeah, what happened? They had caught lightning in a bottle, <laughs> and so they yeah. decided to get that on film. I mean, most of those, yeah. most of that original cast has moved on to film and network television deals. So they they kind of yeah. were like, shoot, we should get this. So yeah, they they spent the last. It was in just in the last couple of weeks that that cast was still together. That yeah, they just said let's yeah. get this and let's just hang on to it. And then they started yeah. selling out the rights, and Disney swooped yeah. in, and yeah, so and yeah. the rest is history. And Lynn already had a good relationship with Disney, doing yeah. uh, Mary Poppins and Moana, so it kind of seems like a natural fit. Yeah. Thank you. Also on Friday, Marvel. You're welcome. Iron Man VR game releases on the PlayStation VR, which I don't know anybody that has a PlayStation VR because that shit's expensive. 
it's, on it's Monday. Like the, it's the cost of another PlayStation. I actually. know. It's like, yeah, exactly. Why would you buy a second PlayStation just to play the two games that they have in VR? Uh, yeah. Monday, the next episode of Roll for Advantage, a D&D 5th edition adventure at popgoestheculture.com. Tell us a little bit. You decided to kind of shorten it up a little bit, right? Yeah, like the two viewers that I know we have have <laughs> mentioned, have expressed to me that, um, you know, it's not a podcast like this where we can throw it on while you're driving to work or right. doing dishes or whatever. So it, with people being adults with lives, it's kind of hard to sit down for two hours to watch people play D&D. Um, so we decided to cut it into hour-long episodes. Um, we still play for two hours every Monday, split it up, and... Um, it weirdly felt more productive doing two separate episodes in one night than it did. We accomplished more in two hour long episodes than we did in the two hour episode before that. So, <laughs> yeah, very cool. um, yeah, yeah, I you feel guys pretty were good kind about of spinning it. your wheels for the first few weeks. There. Yeah, what we finally you guys have. Uh, what do you say? How many players do you guys have? Uh, we have five players. Nice. Yep, and uh, they are all great. We. We finally got our team cohesion down. and <laughs> Yes, you did. Uh, so for the people that have stuck with it or that are trying to get into it, s- episode six and seven is where it really takes off. <laughs> it's where they finally accomplish something. <laughs> we finally do something. So, <laughs> Yeah, I leave it on as I'm doing other stuff. And it, yeah, it's pretty good. You guys are, looks like you're all having a good time. So. That's yeah, great. everybody's been great. So Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to, to watch. So that's on Monday. Be sure to check that out at popgoestheculture.com. On Tuesday, Trolls World Tour hits DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's, the, that's like the only release. So uh, Tuesday, also new comic book day from DC since they've changed distribution. Wednesday yeah. is new comic hey, book hey, day hey. for everything else. With, yeah. those DC com- with those DC comics... Make sure you're checking for your back issues is I've got four that I subscribe to and I've gotten issues, but I'm still missing issues because they haven't sent past ones. Yeah, no, it's, it's an absolute disaster. It's been a, yeah. a total mess with these. I mean, like I, I've got lowest lane 11, but they still haven't shipped nine and 10 to yeah. the store. Yeah, it's yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, thanks. I can just put this on my shelf for you know a while. <laughs> yeah, for probably another two months until they release them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday right. new comic. No, you're good. Wednesday new comic book day for everything that's not DC Comics. Also, our friends over at Fanatics and the fans are continuing their Whedon Wednesday watch parties on their Facebook page. I believe they're on to Buffy now, but don't quote me. Yeah, on that. they're buffing it up. Okay, I couldn't remember if they went to Buffy or Angel next, but. So check those out. They're not very far into it. Uh, so if you've not watched Buffy or you're wanting to watch it again, watch it with some other folks on the Fanatics and the Fan Facebook page on Wednesday nights. Thursday night, next Thursday, we'll be recording next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. You can join us live on the Pop Goes the Culture cast channel. Listen to and interact with us as we are recording. Just like I know uh, Tara's been typing, the Mustard Tiger's been typing. I know there's other folks listening but aren't typing. That's fine, too. You don't have to interact with us. You can just listen if you want. Uh, but you can do that. We'll post the links to all that uh, both on social media and at popgoestheculture.com. And next Friday, look for next week's episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast in the podcast player of your choice. If you've enjoyed this or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please take a moment and leave a review in your preferred podcast player. It doesn't cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best and easiest ways to show your support for the show. 
we didn't have a discussion topic and a pop quiz really because I mean we didn't really need them. <laughs> We've gone almost two hours and you know we kind of had some fun. Do we want to throw a pop quiz out there for this week, or do we want to give people the week off since it's the holiday weekend and and come back with something next week? What do you oh, was it we we talked about earlier and said that would be a, a good pop quiz? It was the aliens and predators. What what franchise would you dump? xenomorphs and predators into or film it doesn't have to be a franchise necessarily what film would you remake reboot with aliens and predators um we could we could throw that out there i'm, I'm that. weirdly have had an idea for a predator movie i don't know if it's a good idea but wanted to see like a murder mystery like the first act is like some people investigating what they think is a serial killer out in the alaska wilderness uh-huh. It just turns out to be aliens or predators or something like that instead. Okay. I don't know. I got a movie about like a, it's a predator and he works at an office, but he keeps harassing people. And the movie's called Sexual Predator. <laughs> See, I think we should. I think we should put a caveat on all of this that this would be an existing film that you're just dropping these characters into. So you're, you're replacing. You're replacing some characters and dropping in xenomorphs uh, from aliens <laughs> and predators. So, what I were think, some of the uh, ones we talked about that we? I think predators stepping into Mrs. Doubtfire would be good. What was that, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was having like a stroke or something. I surely I didn't hear him say Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. All right, fair enough. So let's come up with. Do we want to go with four? Let's come up with them in four. Pirates of the Caribbean. I might watch them again. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Predators of the Caribbean. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so what? So what do we think? Let's come up with four, real quick. Okay. Four, four of uh, them that we think that we feel comfortable uh, going out in public with. <laughs> Alien and Predators: Bogus Journey. <laughs> so, uh, so a Bill and Ted movie. Yeah, like a Bill and Ted movie. Okay. I'm sticking with Starship Troopers idea. Starship yeah. Troopers. Actually, I, you know, I, Independence Day is a Fox property. It is. I, yeah. well, we're playing. We're we're not gonna just restrict right, it just, to yeah. But yeah. yeah. I like Thelma and Louise, but I don't think it should go on the list. <laughs> no, I think it should. <laughs> it's either that or Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm going with Thelma and Louise. I like that one too. <laughs> so we've got Bill and Ted, Starship Troopers, Thelma and Louise. I've got one, and I'm going to put it on the list because uh, I fucking can. I'm the one that runs the Twitter account. So there you go. Uh, I'm going with. You- I'm going with the Goonies. You drop nice. you drop the Predators in for the Fratellis that are hunting these kids the whole movie, and then the surprise when you find out that One Eyed Willie and his ship was infected with xenomorphs. Nice. That's where I'm going with. with that. I'd go with that. That's what we're going with. So that is the pop quiz for this week. The question is, what movie would you remake with aliens and predators as your characters? This week's pop quiz is live right now if you're listening to the podcast. If you're on cast, it's not live yet. We just talked about it. I haven't had a chance to put it up. Uh, but you can vote right now on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. That stands for Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of those pages, so you cannot miss them. Go in and vote. We'll bring you the results of the pop quiz on next week's brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. Vote like fifty times. 
Yeah, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> however, however many Twitter accounts you've got. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Anybody got anything else before we call it a night? No. I want to thank you for having me. Absolutely, anytime. I mean, now you know where to find us on Thursday nights, so you're always welcome. I've got, I've got it on my calendar. There you go. If there's nothing else, then thanks to everybody listening. Thanks to everybody for joining us on cast. Thanks to everybody who's been on the show tonight. I've been Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. For Brad, for Curtis, Dakota, J.R., Kenny, and Brandon, have a great weekend. Be safe. Be healthy. Be careful. Keep all your appendages. Don't blow anything off. Enjoy your 4th of July holiday weekend. We'll catch you right back here next week on another new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. See ya. Peace. Bye-bye. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.